Hi friends, Logan Clements here, one of your co-hosts with the Better Events Podcast. We're so excited to have you join us for another episode this week. And this week we are talking all about how to find new clients and how you can use that to grow your business. Mary and I sit down and talk both about how we both found our first clients, what we've learned since then, and give you some tangible tips and tricks to help you find more of those that you would call your ideal client. And I know I always say every week, I feel like I'm excited about it. And before we get into it, I do want to remind you if you can share this episode with anyone you might find it helpful. And if you feel so inclined to leave us a review wherever you listen to podcasts, we do joke that it's better than a birthday present or Christmas present to leave us a five-star review. And whatever you feel inclined, that just helps other people find us like yourselves and we can grow this amazing community together. But without further ado, let's get into the episode. Welcome to the Better Events Podcast. Join two event strategists, Logan Clements and Mary Davidson, who believe we can all create, host, and attend better events. In this podcast, you will learn about event strategy and actions that you can use today as an event host, planner, or manager. Hear directly from the people who are creating innovative and inspiring events today and tomorrow, and grow your business along the way. Now, let's get started, and thanks for listening to the Better Events Podcast. All right, and welcome back to another episode of the Better Events Podcast. I'm your co-host, Logan Clements, and I'm joined by my co-host, Mary Davidson. And I think we'll kick off today's episode talking about what is something exciting that you have coming up? Mary, you want to kick us off? Sure, absolutely. So I was thinking like oh, I could I could share something exciting with my business or events coming up, but I'm going to keep it personal today. So I have a vacation coming up and I'm excited about it. So I feel like that's important to share because sometimes we just all need a break. Um, and that is uh, traveling out of the country, which I'm extra excited about because it's just been a really long time for many reasons. And so it's feeling extra special. And so I'm super excited about that. Uh, yeah. Logan, what about you? Well, mine also is about going out of the country, but for work. And when you are listening to this episode, I will be in Tokyo, Japan, working at the Tokyo Olympics, which has been a lifelong dream of mine. So it is very exciting, very surreal uh, that it's actually happening, but um, I'll be working do- on the sports presentation team for indoor volleyball. So if you're a volleyball fan and you watch anything men's or women's indoor volleyball, just know I'm behind the scenes with a headset on telling people where to go. <laughs> um, I love that. I love it. Yes. I just say this is the uh, the story of manifestations here. So everybody manifest your dreams. They just, may come just, true. <laughs> yeah, just putting lots of good juju on the universe. It is the Tokyo yeah. 2020 Olympics that are happening in August 20 or July uh, 2021. So, you know, anything could happen. It's very exciting. Um, so, yeah, so I'll have and I'm sure we'll, we'll talk about that experience in a future episode. Um, but I think without further ado, we should jump into this week's topic all about building our business and finding new clients. Yeah, absolutely. I'm excited. I feel like every week we say we're excited about this topic, which we are. I mean, that's why we choose them. But this one, I'm really, truly, I'm particularly excited about it because if I uh, was a listener, I feel like this would be very valuable for me to hear. And even now, it's really valuable information that I try to seek out and sometimes it's hard to find. And so with this topic, um, I was talking to my spouse and I asked him what he would want to know if he were a listener of our podcast, which he's totally, I mean, it's not that he's not a listener, but he's definitely not involved in the event world. We'll just say that. And so, um, but I asked him what he would want to hear. And he said he would want to know how to get clients and how to grow your business. 
which are obviously like really important topics. And I am particularly interested in how other people like me get clients. And so that's kind of what we're going to talk about today, um, how freelancers and event business owners kind of conduct their business in that sense. And there's plenty to go around. So Logan and I are here to share. We're more than willing to share. Um, and I'd also love to hear um, what you all learn and um, can share your knowledge with us as well. So feel free to email us, but we'll drop our email in the show notes and talk about it more at the end, but we want this to be a conversation. So we are just going to open up the discussion by going back to the very beginning of not time, but of our business. We're going to go back to the beginning of our business when we first started and thinking about where did we get like our first few clients from? How did that happen? So Logan, you want to start us off with that? Yeah, I'm very excited. My business is turning five years old in October. Um, So big milestone for that and the longest job I've ever held with consistently with one place. So thinking back five years ago of how I got my first clients, I think every entrepreneur business owner's journey is very different. And so that's something that if you're thinking about it, it should be encouraging to you because there's no one way to do it. We're just going to give you examples of how we've did it. And so I didn't start with a business concept and then go looking for clients. I was working full-time at an agency and essentially got burnt out. And I essentially wanted to scale back everything to then figure out what I really liked doing. Because I, at that point, I was so busy, I just couldn't have told you what was the stuff I liked and what was the stuff I didn't like. And so I figured, take it all away and then just start working gradually introducing stuff back in, going after my own projects, and just kind of trying to reconnect with myself about why I love doing what I'm doing. And I'm someone who can, I I feel fortunate and lucky that I'm able to do a job that I love um, and I'm passionate about because I found if I'm not doing something that I'm passionate about, it's pretty obvious uh, to myself at least. And it's, it's, I get burnt out a lot faster. So my first client was actually my old agency because I knew when I went freelance that I would still work with them on a couple key projects And they had a tradition of normally working with freelancers with a handful of full-time people. So it was a pretty smooth transition to be able to do that. And I was able to do it confidently knowing that the scope I'd have with them would at least cover my bills, cover my rent, my groceries, and my basic expenses, uh, but would free up a lot more of my time. And so I just wanted to really focus on then having the space to re-decide what I would do. But Mary, how about you? What would When you first started your business, where did you get your first clients from? Yeah, so this was only a year ago, and so it's pretty fresh in my mind still. And for me, it was kind of the pivotal reason through getting my clients that I started my business because I was able to secure the clients in a way that helped me transition into starting my business with a surety that I would have them. And um, that's something that I highly recommend if you're trying to start your business. I know that doesn't work for everyone. Some people just need to cut the cord and start fresh. And that is, you know, to figure out what's right for you. But for me, that really helped, like, give me confidence in the transition. And so um, my the first client came because of just networking and my job before. So one thing I would say is that you never know where your connections might lead, no matter where or how they come. And so that's kind of how that came to be. Um, I knew someone through a networking group and we, we worked in a, in a um, mutual industry and that eventually led to her asking if I would be interested in submitting a proposal for this event. And so I was like, well, sure, I'll submit it, but I might not get it. So like, let's just see what happens. Um, and then I ended up being able to book that client. And so that kind of just happened. And then 
on top of that, my second client came um, with Logan. And so we were able to partner on an event. And it was because that she kind of came to me and we had an open conversation about like, should we do this together? Can we do this together? Um, that that was able to come to fruition as well. So with both of these, I would say the the mutual circumstance was that we are, is that I was kind of open to the opportunities that came my way, not necessarily closed off in trying to figure out how that they, how they just might work out. Um, so you never know what might happen. That's where my first ones came from. And that's kind of how it's continued to come, which I think we'll talk a little bit more about, but that's the beginning. Yeah. And I think, um, It'd be great too to talk real quick about even before the beginning, because that's what it, I'm just hearing from like what you're saying, Mary, and similar to what I did. I felt like I laid groundwork for starting my own business and getting my own clients before I even needed to get my own clients. And whether mm-hmm. that was intentionally or just unintentionally based on the work you do. Because um, before I went freelance, I decided that I was thinking I wanted to get more into events. And so I started volunteering and talking to anyone and everyone. I joked I bought coffees for a ton of people because I just wanted to learn from what they were doing, how they'd gotten where they are. Again, people mainly who are working in like sports events. That's how I got involved with um, Trifon for Charity, a charity group in Shanghai that does an annual event every year. I was volunteering with them um, and just trying to like learn as much as I possibly could and meet as many possible people as I possibly could and be very open that I was looking to help out with events. And that was something I think that really helped me both gave me the confidence when I made the decision to finally say goodbye to a monthly paycheck and hello to freelance uh, income. Um, That was that was something that really helped me do that. And having the people I knew I could turn to, whether it was people who worked at event agencies or at companies and just like being very open with them that, hey, I'm looking for work which I think is easier said than done. But if I know a lot of other entrepreneurs who some people take the jump from concept, they quit everything and they have a concept and they're just going to push it out there and make it happen. But I think a lot of people have this more kind of gradual transition where either your side hustle turns into something you're more passionate about and eventually you can quit your full-time gig. Um, but don't be afraid. Don't think it's a, like a light switch we turn on and all of a sudden clients came came calling. I think for both of us, it turned it was something that the groundwork had been laid. And so that by the time we were ready to grow, and even I think over the five years of my business, the way I go and work with clients has greatly evolved. Um, But in terms of just that initial confidence, my big thing, it just came down to numbers. Could I afford to pay my rent and my basic expenses? And when the answer was yes, that was kind of the the antithesis for, for getting started. Yeah. And it's kind of just like, I'm glad that you stepped back a little bit. It's the I guess like the advice of, of life in general is just like it, when you when you have something and you think that, oh, maybe I would be interested in doing this, then once that idea is like in your brain, at least I'm, I'm speaking like hypothetically, but this is kind of how it went for me is I was like, oh, I like events. I, I grew up always being like the friend that planned events. Like I still remember planning like Disney parties where all my friends came dressed up and like I was the one planning those or my friend and I did an annual tea party just like and and I didn't realize it till later that someone pointed out like, oh, you've always kind of been a planner. And I was like, oh, yeah, I guess you're right. I have. And I actually really enjoy that. And now over time, I'm figuring out what aspects I truly do enjoy of it. But um because I realized like this is something that I kind of enjoy when potential opportunities kind of floated in the universe and I heard little things here and there, eventually they started to stand out to me. And I was like, maybe this is what I'm just like meant to do because there's these little things that I keep hearing and maybe it could actually turn into something. And so 
if this is like for you, if you're listening, an idea that you're like, maybe I want to do this or you want to change something up, just kind of like listen, you know, to that little voice in your head that's like planting these ideas because maybe it will kind of work out that way. And so I think that there was like Logan saying some some, I don't know, a mindset or decisions or work that was kind of put in prior that kind of led up to these things. It's not like we just woke up one day and was like, I think I'm going to do this tomorrow and see what happens. Um, that might work for some people, but I don't think that's our story. No. And I think it, yeah, I think everything you just said, I think is so great. Um, I think if you're someone else who likes to talk things out, having a good, everyone, we always say board of advisors as a business owner is super important, but just as a human is important to help you bounce any ideas off of or career moves or things like that. I also like to journal. Um, mm -hmm. I go through phases where I'm really into it and recently have not been really writing very much. But um, I know when I was first starting out, that was a really helpful for, way for me to process anything that I was feeling, frustrations, excitement, whatever it was. Um, and then even doing the exercise of just like listing out all the things you like about what you do for work and then listing out all the things maybe that you don't like or because um, I know something – this is a little bit off topic for clients, but I think it's relevant, is a realization that I had over the past year was there are jobs that I can do and I can do them well, but I don't necessarily enjoy them. And that's knowing the, that difference for yourself is crucial because a lot of us, I guess in events, it's a lot of yes, yes industry and client pleasing. And I just had this like, light bulb moment when I got asked for a project to fill a certain role. And I sat there and I was like, could I do it? Yes. Would I rock it? Yes. Would I really enjoy it? No. <laughs> and then being able to take that step back and realize that's not what I wanted to do. Um, and that's, I think, something that's super helpful when you are starting to figure out how to reach clients. Because when I first started my business, I definitely came in with the mindset of like, I have certain events I want to work, but I also, I want to work with everybody because I just want to be busy. Like I just like events and I like working and I want, you know, I'm going to target all the people. Um, and as I've built my business and I've grown personally and just like in the event world, I've realized that I'm not going to be everybody's ideal planner. I'm not going to be everybody's ideal producer, whether it's the way I work, my pricing, my availability, whatever it is, my location, you know, whatever it is. Um, I'm not going to appeal to everyone. And so it's actually not serving me well to be trying to target all of the people. Um, and it helped me focus my messaging to being more specific about me, about who I am. And it's been really interesting because I feel like recently I've been able actually to attract a lot more of the right clients just by being myself in my marketing efforts. So um, I think that I'll let Mary, if you want to jump in there real quick before we transition into our, our meat of the episode about how we actually get clients. Um, no, the one other thing I guess that I'll, that I'll add, which is kind of still a little bit like off topic, but I think it's important to also say is that just look at like your future plans of your life. Like, like, like I'm not saying you have to have a robust plan for your life, but it's really helpful if you take that step back and look at like the big picture view of like, what do you want just in general? It doesn't have to be business related. And for me, it was like, our, my big thing that I really wanted was freedom. Like whatever that looks like in whatever capacity, I want freedom. And that's so that I can be able to spend time with the people who matter most to me and do these things, be able to help other people and blah, blah, blah. And so, like I said, a little off topic, but I still think it's important to mention is like, if you're kind of wondering, just take that step back, ask yourself, what do you really want in your life? And then how are you going to get there? And that kind of, for me, those were the steps that led to then actually getting the clients, which I guess transitions into our next question. 
Yeah. So Mary, how do you get clients? <laughs> well, <laughs> I wish there was a short answer. Um, this will definitely be a bit of a discussion, but um, for me, and I think Logan knows this pretty, pretty well about me. I really, really, I actually enjoy networking. There's certain aspects of it that are kind of annoying at times, but most of my clients come from, from networking of some sort. So something I say that I'm not very good at is marketing efforts. Like I try to keep my Instagram up. Maybe you'll see that if you check it out, but I don't really have many other forms of like social media. I don't really do a newsletter, although I'm trying to work on it. So for me, my marketing efforts really focus in on networking and, um, we're going to touch, I think, a little bit on networking a little bit more, but through the networking comes word of mouth referrals. And that is then if we break it down a little further where I get most of my clients. And so something that I really love to do is connect with other planners like Logan. And I really enjoy that because right now we talked about this in our previous episode. Um, there's such a need in the event industry that a lot of planners need assistance or we need to tag team events and things like that. And so I want to make myself known to them that I'm available and happy to help them. And that's one of the things that's just important to me in my business is I don't mind kind of playing that role and being that team player. I don't necessarily need to like own everything. And so that's one way that I get clients, I would say, is through other event professionals. I'm going to stop there because I could keep going. So Logan, what about you? How do you get clients? Yeah. So mine is, I feel like I'm in like two phases because I, I would say traditionally I was getting a lot of my referrals just through my clients through referral, word of mouth. People liked working with me. They told somebody else about me. That's how I got work. Um, and often it wasn't necessarily getting hired as like Logan of Lo getting hired as Logan strategy group. I was often getting hired as Logan who now will then work as a part of this team. And I love that. And I'm totally comfortable with both, both options. Um, but that was where I was seeing a lot of it come from was just kind of referrals. And then I had a couple where I was doing, um, not the same. I would, I guess it is networking, Mary, but it would be more cold emails. Um, so certain projects or events that I really, really wanted to be a part of, it would be emailing, finding that their email online and sending them an email and trying to set up a meeting to talk. Um, and so that kind of helped and then networking. Yeah. With other, mainly it was with other event people and it was just saying, I'm here, I'm available. I can manage a whole project by myself. I can be just an assistant. I'm here and whatever you need me for. And so that's kind of where it started. And then with COVID, um, oh, well, I guess I was looking at events too that a lot of them ended up being one-offs. And so I, my first kind of big move I made with my business was actually then starting to target annual events. So things that repeat. Um, my original client when I first went freelance was actually a retainer. So I got paid monthly to do certain work for them every month. It was more from a event marketing perspective. Then I started going to just like one-off events, but then I realized it was a lot of work to get a client, work with that client, and then for them to say goodbye and, you know, hope you hope they refer you to other people like them, but it just doesn't as guaranteed. And then I started focusing on annual events so that I could really plan out my year. And then COVID hit <laughs> and all the certainty that an annual event had went out the window. And so what I've been doing now, which is I think, Mary, where you and I contrast a little bit is I then like started a YouTube channel, which back in June of last year, when I had literally nothing going on, I uh, had some, a good mentor who was really encouraging and a women's entrepreneur group that I work with that was like, just do it. Uh, you're giving away essentially free advice, but helping build your brand and get people to know who you were. And that's something that every week I produce a YouTube video and I've kept it up now. And I'm going to like to think that June 
2020 me had the foresight of this, of knowing that it was like a gift to future me because I was not receiving um, clients from my YouTube videos until I'd say probably November. So it took a solid like five months of one video every week before I started to get inquiries through my website from people who then refer to my YouTube videos and say, oh, I saw this video you wrote uh, or you were in and I really like this. Or, and it's, we can talk more about it later because it definitely is something that um, has done wonders for my business. It's been amazing. I, I've never, it's the smartest thing I could have done. And I'm very happy that past me did this because future me is definitely benefiting. Yeah. I, and I love that you said, I think at the beginning that like, there's not necessarily a right or wrong answer on how to go about it. Like we go about it differently in some aspects, like you're just saying, but it, it's whatever works for you. Right. And I think your YouTube channel is awesome. And, and a lot of it is like you're saying, putting in the time too, right. Because it did take time to kind of see um, that come to fruition. But, um, and I think when you, when you're thinking about how to, how to get clients, networking, marketing, all that good stuff, it really is like opportunity cost, right? Eventually you have to kind of decide is the amount of time you're putting in worth it? Is it going to pay off or is it paying off? Um, and I think that's just something that comes, comes over time. But for me, if I could hit like any point home, it's just like, try something <laughs> like, because you never know. Like when I think of some of those calls I mentioned, like that I've tried to sub set up with other planners or potential clients, some of the time I'm like, I set it up and I'm like, I really don't think this is going to serve me. I think I just really should cancel this meeting. Like it hasn't, the communication hasn't been like awesome so far. It just seems like it's going to be like a cold lead. It's not going to lead anywhere. Those are almost always the ones that actually bring me direct business. It's crazy. So now I have this saying with myself that's like, just take the meeting, have the conversation, just do it because you literally never know what's going to come to it and just represent yourself, obviously the best you can, like, don't blow it, like try your best. But, um, so yeah, that's just one thing I wanted to add and jumping into further discussion about how to get clients. And so we've mentioned networking a lot. We've said that word a lot. So we're going to jump into it just a little bit further on is networking important? That's kind of our first question. And then we can talk more about maybe our references, um, in regards to networking groups or different types of groups that might serve you well. So Logan, is networking important? Super important. <laughs> the biggest, very important as an, as a, a owner, business owner. And I think you and I take two very different um, approaches, I think, to networking. There's a lot of things that are the same, but I know my favorite networking opportunities have been the ones that are more casual. I'm a very extroverted person, but shockingly really don't like networking events, especially the in-person ones where you have to like, especially the ones where you don't know anybody and you have to go in cold and like introduce yourself to people. I joke, I always stand near like the food and drink table because it gives me something to talk about with someone. I'm like, oh, wow, look at this coffee. Really good, right? <laughs> That's how I try to break the ice because I just feel very awkward. Um, so what I enjoy is either the one-to-one -one networking. So like I said, looking up uh, when I made the move from Shanghai to Seattle, I was just like looking up people who work at events in Seattle and either trying to virtually meet them when I was still there or set up meetings when I was here just to meet people and treat people to coffee. That's honestly what I, I say. I don't know for everyone if it feels like it's worth the time, but for me, it's always, you know, four bucks for coffee for them and four bucks for me, an $8 investment feels, feels right. And I usually don't ask for more than anywhere from 30 minutes to an hour of their time. And I've often get responses back. So if you are someone that maybe would do better in that one-to-one -one atmosphere, which I found is like stronger for me than in a large group, 
Um, don't be afraid to send inquiries to people, even if you don't know them. This, the trick is to find something specific about them that you either connect with or ask a specific question about. So the question, my emails I send are not generic. I often take the time to find out, oh, did they, they're from the Pennsylvania area as well, or they love dogs, I love dogs, or they said this coffee shop in Seattle was so great, why don't we meet there because I love coffee. You know, Finding that little hook that shows you did your homework, like Mary's saying, I think helps then get over that other person's hesitancy of, are you worth my time? So that's how I network. But uh, Mary, what are your suggestions for networking? Yeah, well, I love what you said. So quickly, just to add on a little bit, because like the worst thing someone can do is just say no to you, right? It's not like they're going to, most likely they're not going to be super offended if you reach out to them to have a meeting. And if they do, then that's their problem. And so, yeah, just just ask. And it's not it's not too bad if they just say no. Either Honestly, I've never had anyone say no to me. They just ignore my email, which is a no. Yeah, and that's the, okay. the no is the non-response. But that yeah, was yeah. also, that's the reality you were in before you even sent the email is mm-hmm. they were not responding to you because you never sent them anything. So literally nothing changed apart from the time it yeah. took you to write the email. <laughs> right. Yeah. So it's it's not so bad. Um, and then another thing is that just like also like Logan was saying, do your research so you can say something specific. Like I was looking at your website, noticed you did this and blah, blah, blah. But also being transparent. Like I've noticed people seem to appreciate more when I send them that email and ask them for a meeting. I'm like telling them why I want to meet. And they seem to appreciate that because then like the expectations are kind of clear because I don't want it to come off. Like I'm trying to like snoop and like learn about their business so that I can take things. Like, I don't know if people like skeptically think that or whatever, but I just like to be crystal clear. It's like, I just want to learn more about your services and how we can support one another. Like that, that is what I want to do. That's my intention purely. And they always seem to respond pretty well to that. And so I would say make your um, intentions clear as well. But I was thinking, I was going back to what you were saying at the beginning, Logan, is I I attended a uh, conference pre-pandemic. So this was a while ago. And it was, so it was a big in-person conference. And that, that type of networking for me was exhausting. It definitely was not my favorite. I, I was there by myself in the sense that I didn't really know anyone. There were some people I kind of knew, but for the most part, I was by myself the whole time. And I just remember by day three of the conference, I was like dead. <laughs> I was like, I can't do this another day. It was like way too much like face-to-face conversation constantly. And so that for me personally, I have like a limit when it comes to that in-person interaction that Logan was mentioning. Um, and for that reason, I love a quick Zoom call. So Zoom's, Zoom is great for network, even, even for people who live close. And for me, that's how it kind of works is like I'll schedule a 15 or 20, like usually not more than 30 minute call. And we'll just kind of feel out each other's vibe kind of. And then if it goes well, then we'll schedule a, like a follow-up, like, oh, let's get together sometime for lunch, something like that. Um, and then that seems to go pretty well. The one other thing I'd like to say is LinkedIn is also really known, of course, for networking and connections and things like that. Um, I personally haven't had a lot of success with LinkedIn reaching out to random connections. It hasn't really worked at all for me. (laughs) I don't know about you, Logan. Yeah. So that might work for you, but that's just one thing I kind of wanted to to point out as well. Um, Yeah. I've gotten one, I think I've gotten one event client from LinkedIn and they, they reached out to me. So somebody, it was an agency that was looking for a role, but I've mm -hmm. had a lot of people reach out and then it doesn't turn into anything. So I think my big tip um, would be 
like Mary mentioned, having those calls and that face-to-face connection is important. And the beauty of going through virtual life now is a lot of people are willing to just jump on a video call. And it's a lot easier to read body language and things like that maybe in person, but a video call is pretty good and a lot lower investment for both you and the person you're talking to and your clients. And so my tip that I have is actually, I have a link on my website. I You can set it up with Calendly. Um, I have a paid account, but you can do the free account. It'll just let you set up one meeting and mine's for a free 20 minute consultation. And that link lives on my website. It also lives in my email signature and I have it on hand. And that is where I've been getting a majority of my clients of people who then are looking at my YouTube account or something else or somehow. And it's really easy for them. It's just a form. They fill it out. They have their name, email. Uh, I have their event date, some notes if they can give them to me. And then they can select if they want to do a Zoom call or a phone call. And they schedule it and it syncs with my calendar automatically. So it doesn't allow them to book time that I already have blocked off on my calendar. And then once they book it, it immediately sends them an email and me an email and puts it on my calendar. And I don't know why, but it has saved me. I felt like saved me so much time with some of that back and forth, Mary, of like, oh, do I take this? You know, how, I don't have to really do as much email transfer. And then for some reason, I've received like 15 times those inquiries versus like a contact me form on my website. Like maybe one serious client has filled out the contact me form versus I've had a lot of leads and good leads that have turned immediately into clients after, you know, proposal and a little bit of back and forth, but like been really strong leads who go through that phone call experience. So I would say if you're someone who has a service-based industry, anybody in the event industry, having something like that, I don't know exactly why it works, but for some reason, um, that's a lot more enticing to clients to book that time with you. And it's only 20 minutes. Um, versus sending me an email. And they can find my email address. It's also on my website. But for some reason, that has been uh, the last like three or four clients that I've gotten. That's how they've booked with me for an initial inquiry. And then we've moved moved forward from there. I love that. Super good pro tip. I, I really think that's awesome. I need to implement that too. Thank you for sharing. Um, and then also, I think real quick, we should touch on what are the best networking groups. And we'll just give like, we could talk about this a lot. So we'll just give like a quick little brief, maybe Logan, if you have any suggestions. But for me, I would just say there's a lot of them out there. And almost this type of a, a type of a warning for you from lesson learned uh, personal experience is um, some of them are going to seem super enticing, but some may be better than others. So I'll just say, take the time to figure out what truly is best for you. That might be like a women's business owner networking group. Like those are common. It might be something local. It might be something that's more national. Um, It might be something that meets virtually or in person. And they might meet weekly, monthly, figure out what you have the time to put in. Some of them might be multi-industry. Some of them might be just event professionals, which might serve you better. It depends. Um, So that's just what I'll say about that. Logan, any any additions there? Yeah. I think if you're someone who works in events and are male or female. Um, but I love wise, uh, women in sports and events. I'm a member of the local chapter, but before I'm wise Seattle, but before I moved here, I was just a part of wise national. It's a great network, um, and not too expensive. And then I also like meetup. Um, that's where I found a group of women that I connected with in Shanghai when I first moved there. And I've now found this women entrepreneur group called girl boss Seattle, uh, that on meetup that I meet that I go to meetings every two weeks. But like Mary said, 
they're all different. They're all going to be on paper, sound great, but personality-wise, you need to see what from a time commitment fits for you. Some of them are more formal um, structure. Some are more open structure. Like I love my girl boss group. Honestly, it's we're kind of more like an accountability group, but it's also kind of like a mind meld of a lot of other women who own businesses and are going through different things as well. Um, so again, figure out what works for you, but there are a lot of free options out there. There's a lot of paid mm -hmm. options. And often if they're asking for a membership fee, they will allow you to come and test out some meetings first. They might not advertise it, but you can reach out to their membership and ask to come and trial a meeting. And often, more often than not, they'll either give it to you for free or a discount, a pass or something like that. But yeah, and I think that brings us to the end of our episode. I feel like we could keep talking about it. Um, maybe we'll do another episode again about getting new clients. But I also think, Mary, we need to do an episode on how to retain clients or even just Absolutely. how do we take a new lead to a signed client. Um, yeah. Those are two we can bookmark for the future. But uh, I have our bonus tip for this week, and I am going to keep it kind of on theme. Uh, we've been talking about how to get new clients. And this is a bonus tip for your marketing. If you are a business owner that like you as a person are a part of your brand, um, whether you're a florist, catering, not so much, but even photography or a music performer or a venue, I encourage you to put your face on your social media this week. A lot of what I did when I first started my business, I thought I wanted to be bigger than I was. And so I needed to be really professional and very polished. And so it was a lot of event photos. And I've more recently, when I started the YouTube channel, had to start putting my face out there, which I always was really nervous about and thought I'd say something silly or look weird or people would judge me. And it has paid over in tenfold in terms of people getting to know me. And it's done a lot of the legwork for me so that when people come to me as a client, they already know me without actually having met me, which is a, it's a, it's an interesting space to be in. But if you're someone, if you've never done it before, the way I started, I went live on Instagram once a week. I could go live for four minutes. I could go live for 20 minutes, whatever you're comfortable with, but just practice putting your face on social media because people connect with people. And so even if you're a person behind a brand, if you're putting your face out there, you're going to start connecting with people and you'll be surprised in the long run uh, that you might actually get some new clients from it. Love it. Thank you so much. That's a great bonus tip. And if you all have any questions or you'd like to hear more, go ahead and you can find us and follow us on Instagram at better events pod. You could also send us an email at bettereventspod at gmail.com. Additionally, in the show notes, we'll link our personal or professional social pages if you want to follow us. And just thanks so much for listening again. I hope this was valuable to you. And we will be back with you next Wednesday. Bye, everybody.